Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're in the book of 2 Thessalonians and focusing on some important truths about when Jesus comes again. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truths. As you know, it is Dunkin' Donuts week at Everyday Truth, and I've got a different Dunkin' mug of the day. I've got my Orlando, Florida Dunkin' Donuts mug right there. So even even Disney celebrates. I guess Disney and Orlando wouldn't be the same, but you know what I mean. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts. And I know some of you are probably thinking, you know, Kurt, I don't even have a Dunkin' Donuts in my state. Well, then you ought to move to a state that does or petition your governor to get a Dunkin' Donuts in your state because it's just that important. I'll tell you what is important, and that is our Bible study. Uh, we're in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and we're going to finish out the chapter today. Uh, if you would, join me in verse number 11, uh, where the Bible says, Wherefore, so obviously anytime you see the word wherefore or therefore in the Bible, uh, you know that uh, the information that follows the word is predicated on what we've learned before. So we've been studying this chapter. I think we have a good working knowledge of where the Apostle Paul's going. He's talked about the rest that believers are promised in that we are safe and secure in Christ. Uh, one day when he comes back, he will come back with his own. And there's no, there, there's no fear that we need to have about uh, eternal destruction. That was settled at the cross when we trusted Christ. Uh, but uh, those that have rejected Christ and have not obeyed the gospel, uh, they have a, a very a difficult future ahead of them. And that's why it's imperative that they believe the gospel while there's time. And so the Bible says in verse number 11, wherefore also we pray always for you. So based upon the fact that these Thessalonian believers were dealing with tribulation, they were dealing with uh, some uh, opposition, uh, they, Paul had commended them uh, for their faith and their love, but especially for the way they were enduring under pressure. And then Paul quickly adds, and we're praying for you, and we're praying for you. How important is that? You know, Paul was such a great example of spiritual leadership. Uh, he was always thinking at a deeper plane, even when he commended them. You know, we tend to commend people for physical things. Thanks for doing that. You know, thanks for saying that. Uh, thanks for whatever. We, we, we talk about physical deeds and physical things. The Apostle Paul was always careful to go deeper than that. Boy, I, I commend you for your faith. But I admire the way that you love each other. Uh, the way that you persevere under trials is praiseworthy. He, he spoke to root issues, heart issues. And even when he talked about what he could do for them. We like to do physical things for people, and there's nothing wrong with that. But Paul even downplayed even things like physical offerings. Not, not that, I mean, not that he was against them, and he, he raised a lot of money for needy people. I think about the offering he was raising for the poor saints at Jerusalem. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he said, hey, 
I know the offering is going to be a blessing, but much more than the offering being a blessing to the people that we're sending it, it's going to cause them to thank God. And it's going to cause them to pray for you. So, so even in the, the offering, the Apostle Paul was thinking deeper. He was thinking about how this is going to cause people to think about God and respond to God and help other people. It's just a different way of thinking. And so here, when the Apostle Paul said, but I'm doing something for you on your behalf, he said, I'm praying for you. So in verse number 11, wherefore also we, we pray always for you. Uh, our prayer is not only sincere, uh, it's not only true, uh, but it's consistent. I, 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 wonder, I wonder who we are praying consistently for. Now be honest, who are the people in your life to whom you could legitimately say, I pray always for you? Like that's not lip service. Like I go to God sincerely on your behalf and I do it always. Now, always in the sense of consistently. Uh, Paul told Timothy, night and day, I pray for you. And what that meant was every time that I go to my normal time of prayer, Timothy, you are part of that prayer time. I pray for you every day. And so Paul said to the Thessalonians, we have been praying for you consistently. And then watch what he says in verse number 11. So wherefore, we also pray, we, we, we pray always for you. And then here is the, the general subject of his prayer, that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith and the, yeah, and the work of faith with power that God would make you worthy of this calling. Now, we know what the calling is. We're called to be saints. Uh, we have a future secure home and rest in Christ. Uh, we're to be glorified in Him and admired in Him because we believed. And what Paul said is, I'm praying that you would be worthy of this, that you're going to receive this. That, that is your reward as a believer. Your, your future security is, is intact. But I pray that you'd be worthy of it, uh, that, you would, uh, that you would live in such a way today that would, would give honor and credence uh, to the value you have and the status you have in Christ. In other words, if you're a believer, live like it. Live up to who you are. That, that's a great concept for all of us to understand that as believers, God doesn't call us to obedience so that we can be somebody, like measure up and maybe you'll, maybe I'll be proud of you. No, the fact is God loves us. We're accepted in the beloved. There's nothing you can do today to make God love you any more than he already loves you. you know, God, God's, God's encouragement to us is not, be this so that I'll accept you or be this so I'll love you or be this so you'll be worthy. No, you are worthy. You are accepted. You are loved. Now live like it. Live like who you are. Uh, Paul said a very similar thing to the Corinthians when he said, such were some of you, but, but, but you're washed. You're sanctified. Uh, you're, you're different now. So live according to your status. Live like who you are. Parents, we do that all the time with our kids. Remember when your kids were small and it was cute for them to 
talk baby talk, right? They were two years old and they talked and they pronounced words in a cute way or they said things differently and it was just so cute. But then when your kids are five or six and they're just being goofy and talking baby talk, it's not cute anymore. And so what do you say sometimes to them? You say, hey, uh, talk like a big boy. Talk like a big boy. Okay, you're five. We don't talk baby talk. What are you saying to him? You're saying, you're not two, you're five. Talk like what you are, not like what you were. See, that's what it means to live up to identity. Uh, maybe your kids growing up would say things like you, but mom, you know, the, the Jones family, I'm sorry if your name is Jones, your Jones, the Jones family lets their kids do that. And of course your response is, but we're not the Jones family. Okay, we're the Skelly family. And as Skellies, we don't do that. What are we saying? We're saying this is our identity and we're gonna live up to the standard of who we are. So that, that's what Paul's saying here, that you would walk worthy. Uh, I'm praying that you'd live up to your high and lofty calling uh, to which you've been called in Christ. Look at verse number 12, uh, where the, the last verse of our chapter says that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. Uh, there's no greater privilege for a believer that we have the opportunity to carry the name of Christ. Uh, like the illustration in Ephesians chapter five, husbands love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it, uh, that it cleanse it, Sanctify, set it apart. God saved us for himself. And so if, if Christ be the groom and we be the bride, then we take on his name. We take on his identity. And our behavior reflects his identity. That's the point. So Paul said, live up to who you are. Why? Because your behavior reflects his identity. People form their opinion about Christ and his reputation, who he is, how he responds based upon you, that Christ may be glorified. The Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you, that my behavior, my attitude, my reactions, my priorities, the things I do and say, the life I live would bring honor and glory to Christ. That was Paul's driving passion. Uh, so now also that Christ might be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death, how I live, how I die. I wanted to make Christ bigger in the eyes of other people for to me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Look at the end of verse number 12, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, how in the world can we live up to those standards? How in the world can we live lives that reflect the glory of Christ and make people think highly of him? And we're sinful human beings that lug around this sinful flesh. How can we ever? Well, the Bible tells us there, by the grace of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. It is God's grace that empowers us. God's grace that incentivizes us. It's, it's by grace that we are what we are. Paul said, I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. By the grace of God, I am what I am. What a wonderful way to end chapter number one of 2 Thessalonians. 
Uh, we're going to jump into some of the meat of it in chapter number two. I hope you'll join us for that. Talk a little bit about one of the question marks the church at Thessalonica had about the coming of Christ. Hope you'll join us for that. It's all the time we have for today, though. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.